Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what? I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops are super cool Sharks up in the pool I've been sparking up my tools I've been looking to win Spend a little again I've been first fiddle to them My God, I riddled again I told them stop clowning around They said what goes up comes down I said I'm down with the sickness My team stay ill now Come get this I'm just so dead to light I stay ready tonight Deep dive, we rise That's the medley, alright Debbie Delight Debbie Delight Da-da-da, da-da-da Da-da-da, Debbie Delight Welcome to another episode of the of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Blair. On today's episode, we are going to continue on with our 2021 uh, college football profiles. We are going to tackle Purdue. They're the Boilmakers? Is that yep, right? The Boilmakers. All right. On today's episode, this was a suggestion from uh, one of our uh, listeners, which is awesome to even get that uh, feedback. But as always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today? Um, I'm I'm gl- I'm good. I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say like three words together. And it didn't work, so I'm good. Um, we're recording live. Yes, we're good. So um, no. So Purdue was um, hmm, um, an interesting to one to dive into. Um, but I like when we get teams like this. Like yeah. I, I'll be honest, outside of a couple guys, obviously that you know just stand out. What do you know about Purdue? Nothing, really. So it's fun to dive into teams like this that you typically wouldn't be, you know, really paying much attention to or anything like that. So So I have a question for you. Now that you dove into Purdue, what do you know about Purdue? uh, This is probably the same as I did before. (laughs) I know names a little bit more now, but (laughs) yeah. I, I joke when I say that, but yeah. Basically, what what I would have expected from Purdue is what I figured out from Purdue. So exactly. Uh, okay, so Purdue, um, 2020 record was two and four. Got that one right this week. You did. Um, the 2020 recruit. This is their recruiting class is has been weird. Yeah. Uh, 2020 strong 32 strong. I say if you're in that top 40 range, I think you got a pretty strong class, especially whenever you're competing with so many other schools. On uh, the 2021 recruiting class, they're ranked 76. That's that, what <laughs> 76. And then, of course, 2022, I have them ranked at 44. And 46 now. Oh. So I just they, looked it up, 46. I, I knew that. I, th- I figured that's what you were doing for yeah. me because it, this was – I I did my, actually did Purdue's yesterday. So well, I had it at 43 on my end last time I looked. So <laughs> it's so crazy. We do this every week, right, where we have to check, like, right before we, we start yeah. – well, 
anyway, we didn't today, but that's not the point. Um, but you always fact check me. I feel like yeah. you fact check my two, four, seven rankings over here. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. If you were to say 43 and they're now 46 or 44, whatever, like they're still in the forties. So it's not <laughs> yeah. like we would have been way off on it, but yeah. it's just crazy how, cause they haven't got, they, they haven't, you know, had any new recruits commit to them. It's just other schools have necessary or, or kind of thing. So they're bumping them down and so on. But it's just yeah. crazy how literally because of this 2022 class is still so early mm-hmm. that daily, I don't want to say hourly, but daily it, it could be changing from like, if we go look later today or tomorrow, they could be, they might be up at 43 again. They might be down to 50. We don't know, but exactly. it's just changing so fast. Jeff Brom is the head coach here. Um, his, I think his, uh, let's see here, his third, third, fourth. Fifth, this is going to be his fifth season as the head coach. And and to be honest with you guys, if we see another bad season, this might be mm-hmm. Jeff Brom's last season as a uh, head coach of Purdue. Now they were ranked seventy third out of one hundred twenty eight in scoring. Um, pretty brutal. They averaged twenty seven, oh, twenty seven points per game. You would think that's high. But college football, I mean, you have to be in them high 35s, yeah. you know, 40 points per game type of scenario in order to get in that top tier. But points against is a concern. It's the second consecutive week where we have um, a very uh, a team that struggles very much so on that defensive side of the football. They gave up 29 points per game just a year ago. Uh, the things that there's interesting to kind of dive into this team. Let's, let's start off with the interesting thing. They started off the season 2-0, and then they lost four straight. Mm-hmm. Um, they just it kind of went off the rails. Now, all of these games were really close, right? You know yep. what I mean? They were within seven of Northwestern, within three of Minnesota, within seven of the Rutgers. They did lose by 10 by Nebraska, and even their wins were were within seven and four. So they were in these games, right? You know what I mean? So there, there's some foundation of a team that's here. But the one thing that I find weird about diving into Purdue is there's not a whole lot of value when it comes to the Debbie side of things. Right. Um, there's one specific guy that yep. is the guy that we're going to mm-hmm. talk about for a long time. And then outside of that, there's just some potential. Right. You know what I mean? And by potential, I mean, if you are in a 50 player Debbie league, I'm still not 100 percent certain that I would touch any of these guys. Any uh, they, the, another thing, they were 16th in passing yards per game, which is impressive. I, I will give them that. They they do throw the ball decently well, and I'll dive into the quarterback situation in just a few minutes, which is absolutely infuriating. But they ranked 124th in rushing. Stoops, before we kind of transition from quarterback to running back to wide receiver, any thoughts on Purdue? Yeah, so. <sighs> Offensive side, right? Passing yard, you you basically just said it. So I, I have it, um, conference rankings. Passing yards, they were actually first in passing yards per game. Phenomenal, right? That's given you know the schools that are in that conference, it's pretty phenomenal. Then you flip over to the rushing side. Dead last. Dead last. And I don't even think it was close, to be honest with you. Um, and when I say that, I think we're talking an average of five to six yards difference. Like it, it may have been a little closer, but that's still when you average that out over a season, like that's really not that close. So they've got to even that up. They, they've got to start getting more production on the ground because it's just one of those things where, again, in these certain conferences, especially Big Ten being one of them, these defenses are smart. 
right? I mean, you're D1. So it's, it's, it's even if you go to other conferences, like these coaches have seen a thing or two, and especially in the Big Ten, you can't be one dimensional. Like you absolutely cannot be a pass only offense, essentially. Like you've got to be able to run the ball. So looking at that, it's just one of those where they, they've got to figure it out. And we'll obviously dive into the, uh, the running back side of it as as best as we can with what they've got but it's it's one thing i did notice though is so on the defensive side again we say this it seems to be the trend for a lot of these schools we're covering the defense just isn't helping a whole lot now again the offense you know potentially not being on the field for very long the time of possession and i don't have that number if your defense is continuously on the field with little to no rest that plays a factor into it so it's not i'm not blaming the defense a hundred percent but you just want to see a little bit more out of that defense. Um, but the good thing they've got coming in, um, they've got some solid um, recruits and or transfers um, coming in. Again, I'm not talking these top-notch five-star guys, but they've got an outside linebacker coming in, four-star guy. He was the 16th ranked at, at the outside linebacker position. That's going to be pretty pretty good to have. They've got a um, a transfer uh, coming from South Carolina, he was a four-star coming out of high school, three-star in the transfer portal. But I honestly haven't seen very many transfer um, guys above that three-star mark. I've seen, I think, maybe one or two at the four-star. But um, basically, he was the eighth-ranked in his position, um, strong side defensive end. So they've got some guys coming in, and they've got a cornerback and a linebacker coming in. So they've got some guys. So I'm hoping seeing, especially these three transfers coming in from um, actually all SEC schools. Um, that they've got that experience, they've got the game, you know, live reps, um, that they're going to be able to help this defense out because it's it's one of those where they just got to they got to they got to stop the ball, right? So I I so I do this every time. I looked at their schedule and I'm being very generous with my assumption on their record. I could see them finishing at six and six. I do not see much more than that. Um. And again, the reason I went so went generously with that six and six is because of how close those games were. You know, they they lost a couple that were not far off. So again, defensive stop, um, accuracy from the quarterback, which will obviously or consistency from that, we'll we'll get there. But little things that I think can can turn you know a a two and four season into almost a four and two season, let's say. You know, and that again looks totally different. So. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I think generously they'll finish at six and six. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting team to look at because I, I just was looking at the big picture and kind of looking at the last, I don't know, last decade plus. They haven't even been ranked in the AP mm-hmm. poll or the AP post poll at all since 2007. That was the last time they were ranked at all during the season. And this is a team that just continues to struggle. I think they have problems recruiting. And that's yeah. the big thing is like recruiting those type of players and transitioning over to the quarterback position where I just want to break things whenever I look at it, because, you know, Purdue does return nine starters on the offense, right? Key, very key. Again, they play close games, which could be very pivotal for this year. Now, Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer are both the guys. We have the red shirt senior in O'Connell, red shirt junior in Plummer coming into this season. Uh, O'Connell did beat Plummer out for the job last year, point blank. Heading into the season, he won the job. It was his. Obviously, he got hurt. We did see some split time. Now, when you kind of look at the split time of both of these guys playing last year, the numbers are so eerily similar. (laughs) (laughs) They both completed 88 passes. 
Um, the yards are about 22 yards of difference. And then, of course, the touchdowns, uh, Connell had seven. Jack had eight. Interceptions were the same. Now, the things that do stand out to me are the fact that Plummer did have a 7% better completion percentage. That, to me, is very – I mean, to me, that's important. That, that, that to me, is you're completing – one out of uh, seven out of every 10 balls instead of six out of every 10. Yes. One, does that make a difference? Well, he's averaging eight yards per attempt. So, you know, if you're getting that, that's, that's pretty pivotal whenever you're stretching that across an entire season, but neither one of these guys are really all that impressive when it comes down to their tape. Okay. Watching some of their highlights, there's moments where they show flashes. Okay. Now, if you look at Plummer's stats from last year, even the big game against a, a Nebraska team, but Nebraska, their defense was not that good last year, right? So he threw for three touchdowns on those 47 attempts. Looked okay, right? Against Minnesota. Minnesota wasn't Minnesota wasn't all that they were cracked up supposed to be last year. So he looked good against them. He did complete 83% of his passes. Obviously, he's playing his 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 the teams that he's supposed to play. But even the Rutgers, Rutgers weren't all that great last year, but he had the, he had a terrible game against the Rutgers, 57 completion, 57% completion percentage. Okay, so even if you date back to to Plummer in 2019, 2019 he was even he struggled. Mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's never really kind of shown those flashes of being that guy. He started seven games in 2019. Aiden O'Connell started six games in 2019. Uh, O'Connell did look better in those six games, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. This is O'Connell's job. I truly wholeheartedly believe that in the games in 20, uh, 2020, he did have some good games. His first game against Iowa, he struggled with the two interceptions. Iowa was good last year, right? But Northwestern, Illinois, he did have the four touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he had the strong game against Illinois and then the 50, 54% completion percentage. He had 28 of 51 in that game against Northwestern. That to me is just, it's kind of alarming. I don't like either of these quarterbacks past this moving on, right? These aren't guys that should be on your radar. These guys, I, I truly don't believe that these, neither one of these guys transform into anything on Sundays, not a backup quarterback. And it's not a knock on these guys. You know what I mean? There's a, as we've mentioned, whenever we're ranking these teams, or they're ranked out of they're ranked out of 128 Division One schools. Okay, so 128 quarterbacks go in and play every single year. Does it not? There's only what 64 jobs available in the NFL. If that's two teams, and if you go three teams, you're looking at what 96. So, and not every team carries three quarterbacks, right? So. There's not that many jobs. And, of course, you have guys like Tom Brady that are around for 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys that are around for 10 or 50. So those positions are locked down. Our goal on the show is to put highlight guys that we believe that should have your eyes on. Honestly, Plummer, O'Connell, they could break out this year. Could prove me wrong. But even with that being said, I don't think either one of these guys are Debbie-related or NFL-ready to really do anything. And I understand there was a lot of hype around Plummer, his dad. His dad was a very good quarterback in the NFL, but that does not always translate uh, passing it down to the next generation. But I don't mean to keep, I don't want to keep on bashing these guys, but for me, I, I just don't see it. What about you, Stoops? I, I agree. Um, to me, this feels like TCU all over again, right? It's just, and now, and now that being said, they just couldn't, 
pick a quarterback and go with it. O'Connell did suffer that injury. So it was kind of a, a forced plumber in. Now, I'm not saying that plumber wasn't ready necessarily, but it wasn't a, well, let's play a plumber this game. Now nah, let's go with O'Connell. No, there was a reason that shift happened, but nonetheless, both of them just, they, they don't, they don't do anything for me. Right. It's like you said, I don't see them being anything at the next level. Um, again, they can come out, prove us wrong. Um, and, and at best I would say become even a practice squad quarterback, which don't get me wrong. I would love that career path, but, um, it is what it is. So I, I just don't see much. And even honestly, even in like a campus to Canton league, I, I don't even see them as a quarterback. I would have on my bench, you know, to fill in for bye weeks or anything. I, I just don't see that that coming out of it. Yeah, so lacks consist they lack consistency. Yeah. So even if you put them in that bye week, you're not certain which quarterback you're going to get A and then which quarterback is going to be on that football field that week. Exactly. So for me, it's it's I'm on I'm on, you know, the same same train of thought that you are. It's it's there's not much there. Um yeah. I I it's O'Connell's job. I I definitely believe that. Um even though his so they actually when you look at their averages for like completion percentage, they're basically the same, actually. Um, Plumber was at 63.6 career, um, and O'Connell's at 63.7. The difference being, at least O'Connell was consistent at 62.8 and 64.7, not 59.8 and 71, right? Don't get me wrong, that's a massive improvement for Plumber, but at least O'Connell's consistently at the 63-64 mark. So we've at least got that going for us. But yeah, it's... It's rough. Um, I, I think they're the type of quarterbacks that you don't open up a playbook for. You have however many you know play calls. You've got 10 hand signals that'll do this, that, and the other, and you kind of go out and they're game managers, essentially is what we're looking at. That's kind of what I feel. Um, Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From them, the downside. So. Whenever this, the, the, that, that saying was the perfect segue. Normally, whenever you have game managers, you have what a pretty good run game, mm-hmm. and this team is far from that. I, I, and to be honest with you, this team is just awful, awful, awful at the run game. Um, I will say this: Alexander Horvath, he had a good year. He averaged five yards per carry. Let's let's not let's not bash the guy too too much, right? Because I I do think that he is not the only one to blame here, obviously, because he did have 89 carries, 442 yards, five yards of carry. He did only have two touchdowns. But the one thing that impressed me the most, and, I, and I'm pretty sure it impressed you as well, Stoops, is his 30 catches for 304 yards, right? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a, a huge highlight whenever it comes to a running back. He was the back. There was He was it last year. You know what I mean? He had the 89 carries, 30 touches. The running back position outside of that, you have King Dory, which King, that's a pretty cool name. Um, but if you're going to be King, you might want to, you know, actually be pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But to say that he had 17 carry 64 yards, I will say he's a little bit of a smaller back, but with his speed, I could see him getting a little bit more involved this year to John Hewitt. He's another one that I really, I, I, 
He's coming into his junior year, redshirt sophomore year. Uh, he's actually from Nashville, Tennessee. I, I really don't, you know, he's fast, he's swift, but I don't know, man. There's so many. I don't really mean to keep putting down this the positions here. Obviously, we're transitioning to wide receiver where we can talk about the man, but it the running, there's nothing. Maybe Horvath, he's a fifth-year senior. Maybe he does step up a little bit. I do think that him having those 30 catches is quite impressive. Um, a lot of it, from what I saw, is a lot of dump-offs. You know what I mean? And he does make plays with those dump-offs. But this is his backfield. Um, he's a big dude. He's 6'3", 230. That's huge, especially for a running back. But uh, Stoops, what do you what do you got some thoughts on this uh, running back? Yeah, you 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 pretty much said it all. Um, it's his backfield, right? It's 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 it, Xander. It's going to be his backfield. They did get a transfer in from UNLV, but he only had three rush attempts for eight yards and two receptions for eight yards. So it's not like he was putting up huge huge stats. And if I remember, I don't have the the height and stuff, but if I remember, is Dylan Downing from UNLV? I think he was like. Five eight, like one eighty or something. Like he wasn't necessarily this big bruiser, you know. Um, definitely be more of a speedster guy. But now, like you said, with Andrew, the thirty receptions, I think that's great. They're getting him involved in the backfield, whether they're dump offs or not. A lot of times, whenever you, unless you're, uh, you know, Najee Harris, Etn, or anything like that, or or certain other running backs, like they're not going to get you the ball much past the five to ten yards down the field. Um, it's going to be kind of those two to three yard dump offs and let you just make plays. Um. So, man, this running back field or, or the you know crew is it's rough. They didn't get any recruits coming in at the running back position, and like I said, they got the one transfer. So what they've got is kind of what they've had. So we'll see. Um, I do think they need to get King um, a little bit more involved. They just got to almost make it a focal point. They've, they've essentially with you know I say this loosely. They've got the passing aspect at least figured out to an extent. I'm not saying it's great, obviously, but they've 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 made that a a priority. They've got to even it up. They've almost got to, the first couple weeks just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Now, obviously, if you're gaining one, two, two yards per carry, you're gonna have some issues. You got to figure that out. But if they can't get this running game going, we're gonna see another season. Again, I was generous with the six and six record, but if we can't get that that running game going. I'd be shocked to see them win more than three, four games kind of thing. So, yeah, there, there's just still a lot to to get figured out and 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 hopefully see some improvements there soon. <laughs> I agree as well. So, Rondell Moore is gone. Everybody's like, oh, man, what is what are they going to do at the receiver position? Well, let me introduce you to a little guy named David DeBell. Um, in my opinion strong opinion david bell is and has been the best receiver on this team for the last two years um david bell is a very talented wide receiver i think that he's that guy he's one of the top um receivers coming into next year as well had a fantastic season in his six games he had 53 catches 625 yards eight touchdowns um, folks, if there's anybody on this Purdue team that you are going to want to keep an eye on, it is 1,000% this guy. Um, in his 18 games with the school, 139 catches, 1,660 yards, 15 touchdowns. Let me explain that to you guys. What we've done over the last, I don't know, 15 minutes of this show is talk about spotty quarterback play and not very good run game. 
And this guy still produces 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns in 18 games. He's dominant regardless of the inconsistency. In the five to six games, he had eight or more catches. In five of the six games, he had a touchdown. Four of the six, he had over 100 yards. David Bell is that guy. Period. End of story. I don't really know what else to say about them, but he is that guy. Now, looking outside of them, Jackson Winthrop is coming back for his uh, for another season. Uh, he did make a few plays last year. Um, and then, of course, we had Milton Wright. Milton Wright is one that I'm I'm kind of intrigued by. He did have 24, 305, and two touchdowns last year. They're going to have some more balls kind of open up. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not just going to be David Bell, even though they probably should feed David Bell maybe 15 targets a game. Plummer or O'Connell, whoever the quarterback is, to just throw at Bell until they can't throw at Bell anymore. But there's going to be some obviously open um, um, targets for some of these other guys. I mean, Rondell did have 35 catches last mm-hmm. year for those in those six games. So there's going to be some options for these guys next year. So obviously with Winthorpe, with Bell, with Milton Wright, um, Stoops, the uh, in my opinion, the wide receiver guru of definitely of this uh, very much here podcast. Um, thoughts on this receiving group, obviously kicking it off with Mr. David Bell. Yeah, to me, David Bell's been, okay, yes, Rondell, Mo- Rondell Moore came out and did what he did his freshman year. But it, I, I keep saying it and people keep you know telling me I'm wrong. It's the the I don't he's not injury prone. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that by any means. But the fact that and people keep telling me, well, he was healthy to come back at the end of the year, but the team was not doing well. Da 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 da. Okay, but then why wasn't he ready at the beginning of the next season? Right. That's my biggest thing. If he was ready to go at the end of the year, he 100 percent should have been ready for the start of the season, and he wasn't. So, nonetheless, did you see his pro day stuff, Rondell Moore's? Did you see it? You're muted, but it's fine. Okay. Yes, anyway. I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Sorry. I, I didn't realize. Crazy I numbers. I will yes. say that. Crazy numbers. Yes. But I I need to see him on the field and healthy, right? So nonetheless, Rondell Moore is is out. Um, David Bell, it's man, 6'2", 205. You know, again, I think even if he puts on another 10 pounds, it's he's gonna be phenomenal, even more so than he already is. You said it. In his his seasons there, sixteen hundred, almost seventeen hundred yards, um, fifteen touchdowns, one hundred thirty nine receptions. Like it's it's his show. Give him the ball, right? Give it to him, like you said, fifteen times a game. People are no pe- teams are going to know where you're going to go with it. Doesn't matter. Get him the ball. The other guy that I think can and should get involved more, Malik Carr. Um, um, I believe he's the tight end though. I, I have him under kind of returning wide receivers, but I'm fairly I think he's a tight end. Um, I should have looked a little closer. Sorry guys. Anyway, he only had one reception for 15 yards, but if I remember, he was a four-star guy coming out. He was definitely one of their higher. Um, I actually think he was their highest. Yeah, in 2020, um, he was their highest recruit of that class, um, and he was the number fourth player in his position. So. He's definitely a guy I think that they need to get involved. Um, and you listed the other guys, right? I think Milton Wright and then Jackson, those those guys are going to get involved. Um, they do have some receivers coming in via recruiting. I don't see them necessarily making a huge impact immediately. I mean, uh, Dion Burks, he's a 5'10", 175, three-star guy, 805th-ranked player in his class. And then you've got Preston Terrell, 6'3", 180, three-star guy, 824th-ranked in, in the class as well. So, um, one last guy, Drew Biber, 
Fiber, 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 six five, two fifteen. So he's got phenomenal size, but three star. He's not even ranked nationally. Like it's in a. Um, he's a hundred ninety ninety fourth ranked receiver. Um, so we'll see. You know, and that you know we we say this all the time. Yeah, the five star guy is great, but we've seen these low ranked guys go to the right school. They just got the right fit and they make it happen. So we'll see. But I don't see them coming in and making an immediate impact. It's it's David Bell. Get him the ball. Get Malik Carr involved, and I think that passing passing attack can continue to put up numbers. But it's if they don't if if they can't get that aspect going like they they should be, this team won't win any games. I'll say that. Yeah, they but, do have talent, right? <clears throat> Sorry, they do have the talent. Malik Carr, like you said, he is that four star. Um, he's listed. It's weird. He's listed as a tight end on two four seven, but he's also listed as a receiver. Yeah. And then of course on, on, um, sports reference, he's listed as a receiver as well, but he's six, five, two thirty massive guy. Another guy that I like is Payne Durham. Um, the tight end six, five, two fifty five, but they have the tools. They have the weapons receiver wise to kind of get moving across this team that I think that they should get these quarterbacks going, but I obviously it's going to depend on the run game. It's going to depend on that defense. If some of these other guys can kind of step up, it'd be interesting to see Malik Carr is one that uh, is is an interesting, intriguing prospect. Obviously, like you said, I mean, he was the fourth ranked tight end, whatever you want to call him. In even in the notes here, it does say that he kind of put on some weight, so he kind of outgrew that wide receiver position. So they're looking at him as potentially that dual threat kind of receiver slash tight end kind of thing. But obviously, with that, it's going to be is like, right, can he block? You know what I mean? That that'll be one of the pivotal things, but. They do have some weapons, um, and and they do have some open targets with Rondell Moore, but it'll be intriguing. I, I do agree with you, though. This team could be in the running to be that 500 school. They're not going to be a championship-level team. They're just not. That's just not how they're built right now. But for me, it's going to be interesting to see what these quarterbacks do because it's going to be really pivotal. I don't really care what David Bell does this year whether the quarterback play, we can't continue to knock down receivers because, because of quarterback play. Mm -hmm. We can't, you know what I mean? And time and time again, we have this conversation about stuff like this. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I'll be intrigued by it, but um, yeah, Purdue. It was interesting to kind of dive into this team. I feel. Yeah, there's, there's, (laughs) there's not a lot to like, but I wouldn't say that I, 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 I don't hate, obviously the team per se. And, and what I mean by that is just their, their abilities. Like they've got the guys. It's just for some reason. And I think a lot of it does come down to coaching staff, right? I mean, recruiting, coaching staff, play calls, so on and so forth. There's just a lot they've got to figure out, but if they can make a bowl game, I would call that a win on the season. Absolutely. If they can make a bowl game, I think that that that's going to be a win. I, I 1000% agree. Like one, will they win the bowl game? I have no clue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, getting to the bowl game, I think, would be uh, very pivotal for this team. I mean, to be honest, 100% honest with you, because it's just, it's quite questionable. Um, All right, folks, last week we started and kind of dove right into our Debbie rankings for the running back position. We did 15 through 11 last week. We're going to do 10 through 6 this week. Stoops, I'm going to let you kick it off with 10, 9, and 8. So, number 10, I have a guy that we um, actually just talked about last episode. Jerion Ely, um, out of Ole Miss, definitely, definitely a big fan. I think we continue to see his numbers improve. As I had said, I, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get, you know, 165, 175 carries, over a thousand yards, hopefully 11 to 13 touchdowns are on the ground. Rushing, I'm sorry, receiving probably stay about the same, but, um, 
I like Jerry on Ely a lot. Definitely want to see him get the ball a little bit more. So got him at number 10, number nine. This guy I actually had much lower and then thought about it more and moved him up. That's Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Um, he was dealing with some injuries last year. Not so much that kept him out of games, but limited his carries. I remember in the A&M game when he was in the game, because he was supposed to be cleared and healthy, but I guess they were just being you know more cautious with him. Um, it was one of those where it's like, don't give him the ball. Don't give him the ball. Because when they gave him the ball, he didn't have a – I think he only had like 36, 40 rushing yards. Like it wasn't anything crazy. But he was just like breaking tackles. And like it was – he was being – he was tough to bring down. So um, he's a tank. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate you for that. Anyway, um, I've got to take Bigsby at number nine. And the number eight, um, Jamire Gibbs out of Georgia Tech. Um, He's one that I've came around a little bit more. When you look at his stats, they're not necessarily anything that's amazingly just eye-popping from the initial side of it. But when you really look at it, so 89 rush attempts last year, 460 receiving yards. But when you look at the receptions, 24 receptions for 303 yards. He had seven total touchdowns. So he's getting it done on both side the rushing and the receiving it's not so much that that because you see a lot of running backs they get it done on the running side with a little bit of receiving ability he's almost equal yeah i mean 89 rush attempts to 24 rece- receptions I, I get that's not truly equal but when you look at the yards pretty pretty similar i mean he's averaging 109 yards a game so um i like gibbs again he was actually one that i had considerably lower and then i was i started looking into it more started watching some stuff and i was like now nah, I, got, I gotta move him up so um that's my 10 through 8 i like it i like it my 10 through 8 i have coming in at number 10 oops is my one and only 2024 prospect um, the man Trevion Henderson out of Ohio State. I love this kid a whole lot. This is the one I struggled with the most because I wanted to put Henderson as high as like number one, <laughs> but um, not really. I didn't. Just kidding, guys. Calm down. Um, I really do like this kid a whole lot. He's got the potential. What hesitates me to put somebody that far out that high is just the conscience of it. You never know what happens, right? You know what I mean? You got injuries. You've got so forth. It, it, there's so many different variables in play. Because, I mean, there's if you look back, there's so many five-star guys where you're just like, man, he was – the potential mm-hmm. was there. And then what happened? You know what I mean? So, for me, that was kind of the conscious thing about doing it there. Wasn't um, Charbonnet a five-star guy? Yeah, Charbonnet was – yeah, exactly. Charbonnet was five-star. Yeah, exactly. So, there's that – there it is right there. You know what I mean? Even like guys like Chris Tyree, you know what I mean? Tyree's mm-hmm. a five-star guy and there's so much uncertainty with him. Speaking of Tyree, there's Kyron Williams, who's my number nine um, out of Notre Dame. Big fan of his. He's a little bit smaller, 5'9", 195, but I do like his upside coming in at number seven or no, eight, sorry, eight. My math is off here. Number eight is uh, Samir White out of Georgia. That's my boy. Um, he's still going to stay on my ball. Another five-star prospect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, it does just because he's a five-star doesn't mean that he is the, you know what I mean? Is going to be the be all end all. So for me, that is my 10, nine, eight stoops. What is your six and seven? So seven, um, is a guy that I knew I had to put him in somewhere in my top 15 and I put him higher than you did. That's Travion Henderson. 
I just one because when you watch the film on him, and I actually have his his most recent. It's his junior year stats, but I I would assume his senior year probably didn't play any short. games yeah. or yeah whatever. So it wasn't in like the max preps, but. He had 198 carries for 2,424 yards and 45 rushing touchdowns. Now, don't get me wrong. We've seen other you know running backs come out, five-star guys that had numbers just the same or better. I get that. But to still see someone that had 45 rushing touchdowns, he had one game, three rush attempts for 188 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged 62 yards a carry. That's nuts. 62 point something. So again, I know it. We've seen other guys put up numbers like that, so on and so forth. But a big reason I put him where I did was because of Ohio State. We've seen what they can do with running backs, right? We've seen it. um, And I think he's just going to be the next guy in that list of great running backs to come through that school. So am I jumping the gun to put him at seven? Maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, I just like him a lot, like a lot. Um, and the number six, um, I've got Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. Um, he kind of quietly did what he did, right? In his 10 games, 185 rush attempts, 1,138 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, 21 receptions, 159 receiving yards, and a touchdown on the in the air. Almost averaged 130 yards a game, but it's just one of those things when you go to a school like South Carolina that is just a mediocre to lower level school, you're just not on TV as much like, you know, yeah, certain people are talking you up, but it's like the, the national, you know, TV, they're not talking about you much. They might pop up with some stats for you during a game. Like, Oh, you're leading the sec and this, that, and the other, but that's about it. So um, definitely watch his film, but Kevin Harris, I've got him at six. Yeah. So I did, I just realized that I kind of had mine all jumbled here. So I have 10, I had Keontae Ingram. I did forget to mention Keontae Ingram. I had him at 10, nine was Trevon Henderson. Kyron Williams is eight, Zamir White seven, and then Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech is my number six. Um, I, I like Gibbs a whole lot too, and I just I don't. I'm intrigued by this 2023 class, uh-huh. like super intrigued because there's so many talented guys. I think in my top ten, I've got one, two, three 2023s, yeah, and then of course three. I have one, two, three, four, five, six 2022s, and of course Henderson's that lone thing. Henderson, man, he was hard. It was so hard to kind of rank him within that, yeah. that tier because it's just like, man, he's really good. Like, but at the same time, it's like, man, he's 2024. I don't know. I, I like it. I, I like it a lot because I think this guy's got all the talent in the world, and he went to the right school. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They they recruit well. Their offensive line's good, and they run the ball really well out there in Ohio State. So. He's got all the potential in the world to kind of really step it up to the plate. So, all right, folks, that is this week's episode of the Debbie Delight. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Um, we, this continued support of the show, so many years here, it, it's it's pretty insane to me and Stoops that we just sit here and we've got the support that we do from all of you guys. Um, if you have any teams that you want us to tackle, drop us a line on on uh, Twitter at Stoops1990 at Ricky Blair underscore or even the show at the Debbie Delight. Um, we've got the fun one coming up, I do believe. Uh, next one's on our schedule. It's going to be Michigan and Texas A&M. Those are going to be the next two shows. Um, we are going to slide right into a final draft show. And then, of course, folks, we're going to have our live NFL first-round draft show like we did last year. Um, Stoops and I talking for like four hours, which was quite interesting. It was, uh, you know, 
an interesting show to say the least, but uh, we had a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to doing it again this year. We have a lot of guests lined up as well. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun for you guys to kind of hear who across this um, world of fantasy world of draft Twitter, you know, versus Debbie to uh, hear some of these guys on the shows with us. So thank you so much for tuning into the show. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.